0: Hello and welcome to Blue Royalty, a London's Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. I'm your host, Jessica Park joined today by Abdullah Abdullah. And I'm going to apologise straight off the bat for any ambiance on this episode. Um, I'm on the move, guys. And sometimes you just got to find a place to pod and sit down and pod. So I am sat on London's rather grey South Bank. It's a, it's a windy day. Um, I found myself a little corner in a in a nice bar in a bar i used to work at um but basically yeah i was i went to the everton game so i was traveling all of yesterday and this is the little spot of time we've managed to get in to do the show Um, but whether you listen to us on the blue Rolls feed or the london's blue feed thank you so much for tuning in if you are with us from london's blue feed please do go and follow us on the Blue Royalty one all of our women's episodes drop there so you can get those all on whatever podcast platform you're using and if you're enjoying the podcast and fancy giving us a five-star review we would love that Abdullah how are you doing how's everything going
1: I'm good I am so hyped after yesterday's double doubleheader I mean, just insane so I'm riding that high and uh feeling good um, it's been a, it's been a good week for Chelsea all around so I'm I'm excited to break into this into this pod
0: yeah let me tell you guys the men's game was like crazy to follow on the train back from Liverpool like I was trying to get it up on my phone with like on now tv I was like switching to the radio and the reception wasn't good I had Ollie texting me from the match uh So, yeah, it's been a busy, busy weekend to be a Chelsea fan. Um, I hope everyone managed to watch the Everton game, which is what we are talking about this today, because I know that on the FA player, which shouted us out a number of times, so thank you, Michael McCann, who was commentating, uh, but they did trick you and try and tell you to watch Manchester City versus Brighton, which in the end was actually a good game from a Chelsea perspective. Um, But, yeah, a bit of a little trick there on the FA player. Uh, But, Abdullah... Initial reactions to the game. I think this was one where maybe there was a potential for for the, a wobble, um, given the Emma Hayes news that came last week. But we rode it out, and I think we just wanted to get the win.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was a typical away day performance. I think I think I, I put it up on Twitter yesterday saying that I don't think it was our best performance, and it wasn't. It was it was a little bit all, all over the place in the beginning, and I think once we got that second goal, I think Chelsea settled. But yeah, I think it was just one of those. Gains where you could kind of see the potential Hayes news kind of hitting it home for some of the players, you know, some of them didn't look up to speed, uh, quite a number of changes in the lineup in general. So I think that that didn't help either. But um I think just testament to the teams to, to get through that and and make it look easier than it was in the performance. Like you look back at a scoreline today going, Oh, 3-0 Chelsea against Everton away from home, that's really good performance. But um the way they had to ride through that in the beginning, I think was was super important. And um some 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 decent performance from some players. But yeah, I mean, I think if we're winning five out of six games and drawing one and probably our best start of the season in a long, long time, and this is the first game where you're really feeling like, I, right, you know, there's a bit of a wobble, then I'll take that.
0: Yeah, I think especially with the context of us heading to Madrid this midweek, as you say, it was... It wasn't really... It was a very similar side to the one that we started against Villa, but, you know, there were players on the bench, Frank Kirby, Lauren James, that were clearly sort of being rested. They didn't want to be risked ahead of the Madrid game. So I think to, to pretty comfortably in the end get through a game like that with a 3-0 win, as you say, is a good place to be. Um, let's get on to some of the 3 our match reviews. I am going to say there was a lot of um, bias towards Aggie Beaver-Jones in three-word match reviews because she scored the final goal. But we love that because we love Aggie Beaver-Jones. So I'll go through a couple of these. Uh, Michael goes with Aggie, Aggie, Aggie and a wonder goal. Both three-word match reviews, so fantastic. Caden says ABJ is her... Chris Riley says Cobham's next superstar Andrew this is my personal favourite says keep beavering away and then we had some more general game themed ones Uh, up the trail says got the points Tony says sloppy but effective and Rachel says even Blah wins Abdullah I'm going with keep it moving as I say I feel like this was a game where there was a potential for a slip up but it didn't happen we keep it moving we keep going whatever bumps in the road there are we, we get the win What what's yours
1: yeah, not fair, but I think I got to shout out my G Abby. That's my that's my three word match review slowly becoming my 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 absolute favorite of the season. Like, you know, I like, I think at this point anytime she does anything, we are tagged instantly on Twitter. So we we keep that rolling, so my G Abby's got to be the one. Like that that sh- that once I get the shot, I think Abby is going on my shirt for sure. Like there's no no doubt anymore. I have to rep the Cobham superstar. So here we
0: are yeah i mean i i definitely am enjoying also now just tweeting aggie 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 and having people reply beaver jones to the tweet so like let's keep going with that because it really like makes me smile um all right we'll take a little ad break here and then when we come back we'll we'll get into the game itself so a three nil win over everton like we said goals coming from jesse fleming in the 14th minute sam kerr in the 62nd and aggie beaver jones in the 90th minute um really interesting sort of the way the two teams lined up abdullah um everton playing this sort of three five two formation three four three um which i think at times helped chelsea and at times hindered chelsea chelsea themselves again playing this sort of half a back three back four Formation to kind of go up against it. Let's just run through the team. So AKB in goal, Jess Carter and Millie Bright uh, as the centre backs, Neve Charles. As this left back slash quasi wing back, and Yves Perisay as sort of the right back, right side of centre back, Johanna Ritt Kanarid as that sort of right wing back, right winger, and Jesse Fleming then sort of on that left hand side. We had a midfield three of Yelene Czankovic, Aaron Cuthbert, and Shukha Nuskin. Nuskin was the one who was initially pressing high up the pitch. We'll have a little talk because that changed during the game with Sam Kerr then up top. We've already said this was a lineup that maybe spoke to the fact that we've got a midweek Champions League game um what, what did you make of it
1: yeah it was an interesting uh lineup I I fo- I found obviously there were changes going to be made I didn't think there'd be that many changes um but I think I think if you look at it now while there were changes and you are resting a Lauren James a Frank Kirby uh potentially an Ashley Lawrence um you know for the for the midweek game do you look at that team you look at that team and you go you could you could see that being a first team, first team squad, a uh, first team team in in general. Like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to these eleven players going out up against, for example, an Arsenal or a Manchester. United. Like I don't think that this team would be too out of place against that level of opposition. So, I found that really interesting. Um, the Kankovic, uh Nuskin, Cuthbert midfield is probably one I've been wanting to see for a while uh because of the potential for them to kind of combine and play together and then kind of the interchangeability between Nuskin and Kusba and then obviously Kankovich can kind of move around and play as a 10-8 um wherever you need her to be. So I, I thought I thought you know I kind of liked it. And yeah the, the 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 quasi back three back four that we had with Charles and and Canarid kind of switching in those positions. I think going up against the team that played the three five two or the three four three I think you know we we look back at Emma Hayes's general set up and we kind of know her to be this this type of manager that will just adjust to the situation in the game. And she kind of did just that with her team selection by going up against, you know, by, by especially by putting, I think, Fleming at this left wing quote unquote position to kind of be the key player to change the formation. Cause I think without her it's very difficult to kind of move things around and play that extra ten in there, or when you're playing in the back three. So um, I thought I thought it was a smart move in general, and I thought the whole lineup kind of worked for this uh, for this game.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was really interesting for me. Something that really stood out is how important knee Charles has become to like everything Chelsea does like I think in this game it was so clear how much of the build-up was going through her especially when you've got someone like Perissette coming and tucking in a bit more like you're not really going out through her when she's sort of playing as almost this right side centre-back everything's about Neve Charles sort of pushing up and then having Fleming either being able to be on the wing or actually uh, inverting slightly and coming into that midfield Um, so I think that was really interesting to see and I think we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit but you know the the change in Chelsea being on top in this game came around Neep Charles getting a bit of a knock and I thought it was really, really telling around how that changed the game. Um, Just some stats... Uh, for this, So Chelsea finished with 14 shots to Everton's 9, 5 on target for each team, which I think reflects the fact that Everton were in this game. Uh, Chelsea had 67% possession to their 33%, 9 fouls to their 6, 2 yellow cards to their 0. Um, they had 2 offsides, we had 1, we had 6 corners, they had 3. And something that was really surprising to me, Abdullah, was that the XG on this finished as 0.5 for Everton, 0.7 for Chelsea. And it felt that felt very, very low to me. Not actually in hindsight so much about Chelsea's chances, but thinking of some of the chances that Everton had in this game, there were two shots that players had. I think Sorensen had one and Piemonte had the other, which were basically like three shots on goal. Um, so I think this was interesting. It does suggest it was quite a, a tight game, but I think it was a game very much influenced by sort of game state and player confidence as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I it's there were more I mean while it wasn't a super high scoring sorry high scoring or even high chance creation game obviously Chelsea had 14 shots and and then Everton had nine with five on target each um they actually suggest that it wasn't as you know wasn't as high and but I thought that there were more chances that than, than the stats tell us and I think it's it's um kind of telling and interesting that in a game where we feel like Chelsea haven't performed at their best and they kind of got through this, this away day. Um, I think, I think from that perspective and possibly the, the XG uh, is kind of showing some sort of level of truth. They're going that, you know, in one of the games where of the season where Chelsea haven't produced their highest XG to any standard, um, they still managed to score three goals. And, you know, a reflection of the game can be seen within the XG year they have where, you know, bright start, but then, you know, kind of kind of went off the wagon a little bit and it just didn't create maybe as many clicker chances as they normally would uh, in, in a game. So, yeah, I think while there were more chances than there are shown, I feel like maybe the XG reflects the way Chelsea played as a whole across 90 minutes.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, definitely. And I think this was... Something that was really interesting about this game is sort of the ebbs and flows. But let's start with with how Chelsea began. I thought this was like quite a fast start, and I guess because of the Hayes news, I was sort of i had been sent there by the Athletic basically to see if Chelsea had a bit of a breakdown. Um, and from the start, at least, I thought no, this team sort of looks totally fine. As I say, the the players who sort of stood out to me at the very beginning were. Charles and and Fleming Um, Fleming obviously gets that first goal uh, but that comes from Charles turning over the ball and and sort of driving forward with it and it felt very reminiscent she scored obviously that great individual goal on this ground against Everton last year and it felt like she was like feeling familiar with running up the pitch uh, with the ball there Um, but I think generally Abdullah also in these sort of opening 15-20 minutes we could see some of the seeds which made the game a little bit harder for us I felt like Sam looked quite off the pace you could tell that maybe she you know she obviously wasn't involved in that Villa game at all she looked quite rusty some people talking about whether she's even still fully fit and equally I thought Shukunuskan playing in that 10 role off the ball really good pressing really well but on the ball just felt like she couldn't quite make it stick
1: yeah I agree I agree I think Sam's just looking really off I I really feel like she needs to um, obviously gather minutes as well for match fitness but I really feel like there needs to be this slow integration with the team um, just because of the way she looks and uh, I mean let's let's be happy that you know we have me official to kind of step in who I think all circumstances new league new environment new everything has really settled in quicker than I anticipated and I think her playing in the team has maybe surprised her more. I don't think she expected to be integrated this fast, this quickly. So I think that's one, and, I, and I'm really happy to see her uh, integrate there. Um, it, but it also helps that players like Jesse Fleming and, and Jericho, who I think we'll talk about in a second, they have really come to the fore this season. Or you know, where two players like that last season were maybe had really hot, hot and cold moments in games, where one game they might be great, the next game they're not really playing so well you have players like those two stepping up and really contributing in the attacking third. I mean, I don't think I've seen Jericho start as many games as she has already um, in her, you know, basically all of her first season. So I think that's a testament to the, to the way she's been playing now. Um, And, and I think it's not entirely a bad thing if we're, if we're not playing Sam as much in the beginning part of the season, because it just means that we get a, a fitter, better Sam Kerr for the second half of the season where it really matters, you know, like, I'd rather have Samka fully fit and firing against a Lyon or Barcelona or Bayern Munich in in a quarter or semi final of a Champions League than a tied one, and she's scoring like twenty goals now, and she gets tied in about four months, right? Um, If you know the whole reason we bought me official is to take that some of that burden off that we talked about and manage injuries and manage minutes, and I think at this chance you have the ability to do that, and also not to mention Aggie Beaver Jones being able to play in a central position and come on and play that rotation role with, with me official. So um, I guess maybe this is why Aggie Beaver Jones has been kept at Chelsea because they knew Sam Kess fitness wasn't the best and they're going to need three strikers to kind of come in and play with the amount of games that they have. So um, yeah, I think, I think with Sam, I think it's important to keep her uh, rested, but with Jesse and I think with JRK I think it's, it's been amazing, especially with Jesse coming in. And I think maybe she's found a home on this left side of, midfield or left wing to, and then playing this kind of inverted role and allowing Neve Charles to kind of play across and it's been important to kind of find that combination with Guru out for an extended period of time.
0: Yeah and Hayes saying after the match that you know Jesse finally getting a goal after missing a couple of sitters and it was a lovely lovely finish as well for it um, but you know that, that's something they talked about that's something she needs to add to her game especially you know if she's playing in that more advanced position and I think you can tell that she's growing in confidence, I think, from from the performances she's putting in and the, and the minutes she's getting. Um, but yeah, between Fleming and, and Canerud, I think, you know, neither of them are players you would necessarily expect to be starting on the wings for, for Chelsea, especially in these sort of back-to-back games. Um, I did enjoy CFCW admin posting a picture of JRK looking really cheeky Uh, saying ready for rain because she's now got this reputation of being really good when it rains and um, it didn't actually rain that much in the game as as I think we thought so maybe that was the issue for some of it but I think what was really exciting to see here Abdullah is her just using her raw pace and like she absolutely kept smoking Everton's defence not by doing anything particularly amazing but just like running beyond them whether it was sort of Aaron Cuthbert putting like these really nice balls through to her or her just knocking the ball beyond a defender and going round them that's something that like she's really really rapid that's something that she like she does offer this team and it's it's, it, it's different from what other players we've
1: got definitely and and she kind of reminds me of Mudrik's development and as he as he's had from the beginning of the seasons and now JRK is kind of reminding me the same thing where they're both so fast on the wings that maybe the times at last season with JRK and, and obviously with Madrid as well, where maybe they lacked a little bit of that game intelligence of the decision making of what to do when they get to the final third because they've got so much pace. And like both players have really improved. And I think with JRK, you just see that there's a confidence there now to carry the ball. And now when she does carry the ball, you almost feel like there is thought behind what she's going to do next. She's actually already made some goal contributions in terms of assists and goals. Um, way more than she already did in the in the, the previous. I mean, like last season, she couldn't buy herself a goal. She couldn't get it off the you know one yard line, let alone uh, create something out of nothing. And now, you feel like every time she picks up the ball, you know that she's going to be able to look up and take her take a second to make that decision. And I think that just made a huge difference in terms of uh, in terms of Chelsea's output because I think a player like J R K. You need a player like that in your squad just to stretch defenses and play in behind and and anyone that's playing in even a semi-high line. I mean, imagine we had this JRK against Barcelona at second leg last year. What well, Guru did on the left. Imagine you had JRK doing in this current form, doing that on the right hand side. It would force teams to play a little bit differently. It would force teams to move back a little bit and then obviously thus creating space for everybody else. But um I'm excited to see her development going through this season and 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 maybe, you know, give us maybe if she can even come up with 10 goal contributions in the entire season, I think that's a job well done.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking now and she managed four goal contributions in the league last year, one goal and three assists. She's on one goal, one assist, but obviously they've come from her last two games and that's in a third of the minutes that she played last year and I think it's also credit to her her time at, at Sweden, you know. She's been really trusted on that right wing for Sweden and I think across both teams, you're starting to see that confidence come more. I don't think J.R.K. is ever going to be a player who's going to get a load of goals and assists. She's, she's oh, never done that in her career before, but I think you know that real pace, that willingness to take players on, um, I think that's really exciting. And I've got to give credit to her and to, to Periset because we let's move on now and talk about sort of Everton coming back into the game but like those two kept the right hand side on lock it was the left hand side which I think Chelsea really started to to struggle dealing with you had Piemonte running the channels Neve Charles has sort of taken a knock this has broken up the game and I don't know whether she was sort of running that off but that became a bit of a game changer the game stopped for maybe three or four minutes and when it came back Everton suddenly looked so much better they looked so much more on it um, and they looked really ready to, to go for it and suddenly Chelsea were rattled they weren't getting on those those second balls, and Everton were creating really really good chances. Um, where do you think that all all came from? Was it just a case of getting like a bit cold or switching off? Because Everton, were, you know, they were probably unlucky not to score a goal.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I think it was mainly down to the break. I think when you break momentum like that and you, you stop, that it just allows the other team maybe a second to kind of recuperate, understand where they went wrong, and and maybe try and identify how they can um, counteract. And I think with uh, Neve Charles' injury, I definitely think it was, a, it was a case of playing it off and running it off because it looked it looked painful. Like she was um, really seething in pain. And um, I think just the initial impact, and then I think it took 5, 10, 15 minutes for it to just kind of wear off and for her to be able to play again. And I think Everton just did a good job at identifying the fact that Neve was a little bit, had taken a little bit of a knock. It was going to take a few minutes to get back and try and just take as much advantage of that as possible and Piemonte is a really good runner between the channels and, and 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 she just caused a lot of issues with her pace and movement so I think credit to Everton for recognizing that and doing it but um yeah it's just it was good to see the right hand side kind of then taking up maybe some of the burden that the, probably the left hand side does and locking it down and giving us an outlet from there so I think I think this season more so than before it's proven that we now have Outlets on both sides, and it's just that we happen to use the left as our main source of build up and main source of use. especially with Neve Charles's uh, importance and emergence on that left side as a as a left sided uh, creator. But you know, with Eve um, Parise and and uh, Johanna Ritz and Kannerit, I think it just it just gives us a different option now and 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 teams to be aware of that if you lock down one side, we still have another side that's as effective.
0: Yeah, it definitely felt though like. Millie Bright in particular was someone who was really struggling with Piemonte and I think this is interesting to talk about because in the second half Bright I think got a lot more confident and was a lot more front footed with it and I can't really put my finger on, on what changed maybe she just needed that break to get, to get her head back but definitely in those 20 minutes it was sort of one of Millie's worst performances I've seen in a while in terms of just missing the ball there, there's one yeah, pass back which just misses the ball and Piemonte gets his free shot which AKB saves um, yeah. definitely have AKB to thank for going in at half time, Hayes said after the game, We got stuck a little bit playing out from the back, particularly towards the left hand side. But sometimes that's execution rather than positional problems. Jesse brackets. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration, and we'll talk about why. I think that's a little bit of exaggeration from Hayes, but let's carry on. Players improved with it, but there was a moment, particularly the second part of the first half, where I thought we really struggled. It eased off as the game went on, and it's a clean sheet, so I'll take it. Um, was there anything you noticed from Everton Abdullah that you felt like that was why, particularly, you know, Bright was struggling? Uh I,
1: I you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. I thought, um, I thought uh, Sarah Homgard off the left hand side and 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 De Vehe from who was the left centre back who also played a bit more of an advanced role. I felt like they both started to get forward and kind of play in and around Piemonte and, and give her that outlet. I think when you have almost a 3v2 situation with Bright Paris versus those three, um, I think that created a, maybe a little bit of an overload. Um I don't know off the bat right now if there were any real other strikers or attacking midfielders at Chelsea at Chelsea face with like extreme, not even extreme pace, but like really good movement. Uh but, you know, in this case, I just felt like with the three, four, three and you have the three up front, I think that just kind of helped um uh, you know Everton create chances in those channels, and I think if you've got a stri- if you've got two strikers up front, and both who like to play a little bit, because Sorensen's actually a winger, right? And Piedmont is maybe the only natural striker there. When you have two players that maybe have been told, okay, stay on the outside of the centre backs and run in behind, I think then it separates your centre backs and they're kind of pushed out wide. And I think Brighton one on one is usually really really good, but I think when you've got a player there who has a little bit of pace and 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 I think in this. Maybe just in this game, I think Permonti was just a little bit um, of a better decision-making. I think her intelligence and the timing of her runs was, I think, really, really good. And I think it just maybe caught Chelsea by surprise. And maybe um, not having Jess Carter closer to her to give her that confidence, like you said, to be able to step up and do it. Because if you have one or two players around you, you're more likely to step up and press the player. And I think the adjustments in the second half possibly helped Millie Bright, Um, able to step forward and really close down her her space before she got the ball uh, than she did in the first half
0: Yeah, and I do think also this was something that I touched on earlier, a bit of a problem with having Kerr and Nuska not really working in the positions that they were in because it felt like neither of them, when we were trying to kick long and deal with the fact that, you know, Everton had really stepped up their press, that we were struggling to play it from the back they weren't holding the ball up either and it was coming back again and again, but We did go in at halftime, 1-0 up. So we'll take another ad break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about how the second half played out. So, Abdullah, I want to talk about what Hayes did change because I did wonder whether there would be substitutions at halftime and there wasn't. But it's interesting that Hayes said after the match that the... It was execution, not positional problems, because she did make a positional change. She rotated round the midfield, and I think this is really interesting because this is the real big advantage of the particular midfield we played of Cuthbert, Chankovic, and Nuskin, because all three of them really can play any of the six, eight, ten. And so, we started off seeing Cuthbert and Chankovic sort of in those uh, the. The roles towards the base of the midfield, um, kind of alternating with Nuskin as the ten. In the second half, we saw Chankovic move into that ten role, Nuskin alongside Erin, and I felt like this was a really, like, useful change because I thought Nuskin alongside Erin gave her more leeway to go forward than I thought Chankovic did, and it just felt like having Nuskin there as that more like physical defensive presence was also very useful when. Nuskin was almost playing with her back to goal you know she was able to receive from the defenders in turn she was able to make tackles in a way that even though I've enjoyed seeing Chankovic in those deeper roles I don't really feel like
1: she does yeah no I agree I think I mean I think we've heard Chankovic before saying that um she prefers playing in an eight and converting into a ten so I think you can just see from that quote that if she says there that she prefers playing a little bit further forward than playing really, really deep. Though, I mean, if you're looking back at the first couple of games, even preseason, that Roma game, she did play really well deeper. But I think the good thing about this change is it gives Nuskin an ability to be able to come late into 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 midfield, right? She doesn't have to does she has to be the first line. Tchankovic can go in, press, and she's a good presser. I actually do like Tankovich off the ball as well. I think she's for a crazy player the way she is, she's really athletic, really agile, and she really likes to do the the dirty work. So Having her as your first line of press with Nuskin coming in as like the backup player um, to, to to press in behind, I think that makes a lot of sense. And when you have Aaron Cuthbert kind of screening the two of them and has the positional awareness to do that, I think it really helps. And to me, it felt like it almost felt like playing this like high pressing number 10 role in the beginning. And I think that's what maybe... Hayes wanted to do when you're coming up against three centre-backs and you're having that, I think it's maybe mainly to shut down Aurora Galli. I think she's a fantastic number six for them. Um, having Nuskin almost sitting on that defensive midfielder, I think just for them was like, okay, your your job is, yes, you've scored a few goals, you're really good at coming into the box, but it's mainly to press that number 10, stop their build-up through the middle. And I think it just maybe, in that sense, maybe wasted Chankovic and, and Cuthbert, maybe to an extent, playing in a deeper role and kind of coming in and playing that because I don't, because I think because of the way Everton played in those first 20 minutes, the element of rotation and the amount of rotation wasn't possible. And so when you switch it around and you let Cankovic play further forward, Nuskin deeper, your chances of being able to move around become higher because then suddenly you're winning the ball back, you're counter a lot quicker, you're counter higher. And then you're allowed to, you switch from a double pivot and a single 10 or an attacking eight to almost. You can play two, you can suddenly get into two eights and a six just because you've won the first ball or the second ball early. And then you can push two players up front because you already have the more naturally attack minded player further forward. And then you can have a Nuskin push up alongside because she's really good at carrying the ball as well from deeper areas. So I think that change was probably the best thing about the midfield and being able to counter Everton. And maybe that also helped. Uh, Millie Bright being able to step forward and close Piemonte because she knew she had two sixes in front of her to protect her from anything that goes in behind.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that's a really good point about Bright as well. I think that's the big thing that changed in the second half. It's like she just stepped in and followed Piemonte. We saw a lot of like quite a classic Millie Bright challenge whereby she sort of like her front is to the back of the attacker, but she's got her legs sort of round them, like ready to hook the ball before it even gets into their feet. I think that was that was a big a big change. And I think also having Nuskin in that deeper role makes Millie feel like more relaxed about that like we're saying but also because we know Nuskin has played as a centre-back you know if you need someone to drop she's going to be able to drop she's going to be able to do that I've really enjoyed seeing Nuskin playing higher up the pitch and I, I do think she can she can do it but I think at the moment at the very least like her understandably her natural defensive talents that have come from playing as a defender and as playing from the base of the midfield feel better served in those roles um and I did think you know, as great as she was, obviously, um, in that Brighton game with the hat-trick making those sort of late runs into the box. I thought she struggled in, in the Everton game to really get hold of the ball, especially sort of off-corner situations and things like that. Um, let's talk about the second goal because this was so classic Samka. Um Not really classic Samka Kerr in that she doesn't look great, but, it, like, in terms of being, like, she will just sort of pop up when you least expect it. But looked really off the pace for 60 minutes was obviously just about like there was just about to make changes um Kirby and James come on just after this goal but then suddenly it sort of clicks she gets her run right and she gets this you know well taken tap in
1: yeah no I um it's Sam Kerr right you just know that even if she has an off game like she has she had um that you just give her one chance and she she can she can put it away that, that that elite level striker mentality doesn't just go away even when she's off form and i think in that sense that that just would have given i think that would have just given her a world of confidence in terms of just you know knowing that okay i'm not exactly in a hundred percent but i can still get into good positions i can still make good runs and I just need one or two chances, and I can I can still finish for this side and and do really really well. So, like you said, I think it was a typical Samka goal. Um, again, slow build up. I think I think the Champions League group stages will will serve as a good uh, extra bit of fitness for her to kind of come on and maybe the last thirty minutes of games. I w- I would I think for then maybe the next couple. Like, I think it's obviously this week and next week is the first couple of game weeks. Um, I would look to maybe start her. In the in the league games and then maybe bring her off the bench in the Champions League games just to kind of give her that one on, one off sort of situation and maybe give her 30 45, 50 minutes in the start when she starts and maybe 30 minutes when she comes on off the bench just to kind of give her that 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 bit of match fitness from the start and then off the bench and kind of come in, in different situations so that she's not maybe um isolated just starting for 90 minutes and then it gets tough and then she does an injury again. So it's that slow buildup. And again like we said, we can afford to do it because we've got players who are now stepping up and can come in and, and play those positions.
0: Yeah, definitely going to be, it's going to be interesting, like across the pitch to see how this team develops as, the, as the season goes on. Um, quick shout out. Um, we're in subs corner now, by the way, guys, quick shout out to Sophie Ingle, who came on and equaled the WSL all time appearance record with 183 appearances, many more to come for Ingle. I think she's going to smash that record. And I will say, I don't think Millie Bright is far behind her. I, um, either um let's talk about Bebe jones though obviously she came on quite late in this game I, I was kind of surprised how late she came on but didn't stop her getting her goal three goals in 66 minutes now um fantastic finish she had a shot just before that which had just just gone a little bit wide and then she gets this one and curls it into the top corner obviously against the team she was on on loan with last season some quite funny images after the game of Everton players sort of like pushing her like obviously being annoyed that she scored that goal but her confidence is so high right now
1: Abdullah. Oh 100% and and she looks like she's enjoying those 15-20 minutes 10 minutes that she's getting on the pitch I, you know you you don't really see too much but she's taking her chances I mean what else can you ask for for somebody that's coming in for 5-10-15 minutes and and just getting those little bit of cameos I mean I mean if she if I'm her I'm like well look you're giving me 10 minutes I'm gonna give you something in 10 minutes to think about and. Three goals, 66 minutes. I think you can ask for more. Um, what I liked about yesterday specifically was that 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 shot you referenced just before that went wide. I mean, you could see me official and Frank Kirby get visibly annoyed that why didn't she square it to them? Um, but it was just great to see how she immediately kind of learned from that move because literally a minute later, she gets the exact same pass from Frank Kirby, makes the exact same initial run. But checks her run this time and then curls it instead of instead of and getting a better angle to shoot rather than just doing it from such a wide angle, which I think for me just kind of showed her development from when she was at Everton to now because you would have she would have learned that playing 90 minutes practically week in, week out at Everton and being able to 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 understand movements and positions in the box and her ability to be able to understand. Not even a mistake, but okay, this didn't go right. How can I adjust it? Literally a minute later gets the exact same thing and does that. So for me, that was the biggest takeaway from Maggie's performance. Um, and listen, if we're gonna get goals from a third choice striker, quote unquote, like this, three, four goals, five goals, then I mean, then Chelsea is stacked in that forward positions because if Sam ends up getting 15-20 goals in the season, Mia gets another, like say 10, and you get five from Maggie Beva Jones, six from Maggie B. V. Jones, then I mean that's that's a good twenty. Um, the 20, 30 plus goal contributions just from the three players playing up front in the same position, which I think is is fantastic to see. So I'm I'm excited to see his start. I would not be opposed to giving her a first start sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, 100%. And also, so much versatility, you know, we've seen her come on the left, she came on on the right here, and we've not even really seen her play as an iron. She obviously played as wing back in in sort of pre-season, so just such a useful player to have. And I'm so chuffed to see her thriving, but Cobham was thriving everywhere yesterday. So just got to shout out some of the other girlies who were playing in the championship. Lexi Potter and Rihanna Blades both getting their first goals for the team um, Their team. so Potter's at Palace uh, L- Rihanna Blades is at Lewis, they were playing each other so um, Blades started, Potter came on but Potter's goal is, is, is fantastic I've not seen Rihanna Blades yet but uh, she looked really good when I watched Lewis the other week uh, Lexi Potter also got the pre-assist for Palace's second. Um, she scored their third. So at the moment, Abdullah, Cobham is just killing it out and about.
1: Got the youth products to match it. You know, that's what that's what Chelsea's been all about. Cobham's been the, the go-to academy on both sides for such a long time. And, you know, long may that uh, continue. And these are only the youth products that we've got in England. I mean, let alone the international air exports that we've got out there. So, you know, the future is bright.
0: Yeah, we should give out a, a shout-out to, to Micah Hamano as well. Um, she sadly wasn't able to be in Sweden to see Hammaby win the league because she's got some visa issues, so if she leaves the country, she can't come back, which is really, really sad. But um, Micah was obviously a crucial, crucial part of of the start of the season for for Hammerby she obviously really enjoyed her time there helped them win the cup and then they went on to win the league on goal difference um, this weekend over interestingly BK Hecken who are obviously in our Champions League group so that's an interesting one to keep an eye on in terms of you know a bit of a crappy end of the season for for Hecken but um, Hammerby are such a fun team I really got into watching them in the summer when Micah was there and there wasn't much club football on and I'm really chuffed for them they're they're really really fun so shout out out to Micah 2. Let's wrap up this game here then. Just some final quotes from Hayes. Um, she said, I thought we were solid in the first 30 and created a good goal through Jesse Fleming. We took our foot off the pedal and Everton grew into the game. They started to dominate the jewels both airily and on the ground. They were deserving of going in at half-time with at least a goal but Anne Berger kept us in it. We made some adjustments and we had much more control in the second half. A well-taking goal from Sam Kerr and a brilliant goal from Maggie Boop-Jones at the end. And we could have just read that at the start, Abdullah, instead of doing... Um, <laughs> 40 minutes of chat about the game. There we go. Love and well summed up by Emma Hayes.
1: That's, that's why she's the manager, right? You know, we should just get her to, you know what? If she's going to the US. She's going to have extra time. Just get her to come and do the pod. Easiest thing in the world.
0: Wow, imagine if we had the budget for that. I would laugh. (laughs) Um, All right, let's finish off with players of the match then. I'm actually going to go for someone who we've not really talked about, but I thought I had a really good game, and that's Erin Cuthbert. Um, I felt like midfield was shifting around her, wasn't always easy, um, but she's just such a solid, reliable player. She had two fantastic shots, was really unlucky not to get a goal, actually. Um, One really good save from Courtney Brosnan, one hit the bar. Um, Just a player I really enjoy seeing play the intensity she
1: brings every week is is fantastic yeah i love erin you know and, and i think i think she's she's again another one who had the injuries and and finally i think this is the first game she's come in and looked like she's um she's, she's getting back to full fitness and, and and getting ready to start you know games 19 minutes week in week out i will give it to i'll give it to I'll give it to Jesse Fleming. You know, I think I think the last couple of weeks has been really, really good. Um, Really well-taken goal. It was a fantastic finish. But I think her movement and control in the forward areas, kind of coming inside and opening the space for Neve and just her interchangeable, interchangeable play and kind of becoming that fourth midfielder with the three that we have, I thought has been, has been really really good and it was on display yesterday so yeah I'll give it to Jesse Fleming
0: alright well deserved there okay so let's take a quick look at the WSL some very interesting results happening on Sunday United with the early kick off they beat West Ham 5-0 Tottenham drew 1-1 with Liverpool Brighton, this was the surprise, they beat City 1-0, uh, min scoring in a game there, which Man City, to be fair, totally dominated, but looked absolutely rubbish in front of goal. Very reminiscent of when we played Man City, so I guess what goes around comes around. Villa finally got their first points on the board, 2-0 over Bristol City, and it looks like we were going to have a delightful end to Sunday. Leicester City... Abdullah's close personal friend, Willy no. 2-0 up against Arsenal, who then came back and won 6-2, destroying Leicester in the second oh. half. What do you have to say for yourself?
1: I'm just, I'm morally shattered for them. Like, it just, I I slept at 2-0. You literally went to bed being like, I hope it seems like this. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was so excited at the WhatsApp group. I went like, this has got to stay like this. Come on, guys. I wake up in the morning at like, and I'm like, 6-2? Are you joking? I felt more demoralized after watching that result, let alone being in the game. So, it's fine. But you know what? Signs of improvement. Leicester would... just Leicester being 2-0 up, I think it's just a massive deal and it just shows that I think they're going to progress and I think they're going to cause more teams issue. I mean, they're 7th that was nowhere near the equation last year, so it's crazy.
0: Yeah, they are in seventh. They've lost three on the bounce, though. Uh, interesting one because we've got them soon. But the table as it stands, uh, we are on top, 16 points, three clear of Arsenal in second. I don't know how Arsenal suddenly got there, um, but they've won four on the bounce, same as us. Um, they still look a bit shakier than us doing it, but um, definitely one to keep an eye on. United are in third. they They're on 12 points. City in sixth on ten. Um, Bristol City currently bottom on goal difference. Next for us, we are obviously off to Madrid this week. We've got Real Madrid on Wednesday night before hosting Liverpool at Bridge on Saturday. Oh, Real Madrid! By the way, if anyone wants to know, they did beat Real Sociedad seven-one after I said they hadn't had a very good start to the season. Um, I'm hoping that was their really good game this week, and consequently we score a million goals against them. Um, after Liverpool, we've got Paris at the Bridge, Leicester at Kings Meadow. There's an international break, and then it's Arsenal away and Hecken at home. So games coming thick and fast. Um, all of those games. You know, the next six games I think are really important. They're they're a really, really tough set of opponents.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And um you can't take any of them lightly. Literally every single one of those games is is a tough opponent. Um, ends up one way, shape, or form. Liverpool have been, I don't know, I think slightly gone under the radar so far. And they said that not not many people talking about how they're, actually they're doing really well, they're playing well. Um, and obviously Paris have been the giant killers in the Champions League so far. So you gotta be careful there. Real Madrid, like you said, seven-one win. And then Leicester are doing well Arsenal are second so it's something and then Hekin just lost the the league so maybe there's some pride to be won for them in the Champions League so it's going to be tough but I think you know, hopefully we can pull through
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to flying out into Madrid the weather is meant to be much nicer than London um, so that's something to look forward to for me at the very least um, but Abdullah thank you for joining me as always we will be back with you in the midweek after that Madrid game but until then Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high